selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrity Book Club. Hey, my best friend and fellow club kid. Is that me? Yeah, that's you. Because <laughs> okay, I fellow- know that you listen to the pod, but you also make it. <laughs> no, I'm a club kid. And uh, you know what I've been loving? The VIP lounges that happen at the end of the episode that we record. I love so much those lounges that we record at the very end of the episode. I think they're so fun. But part of me almost wishes that they were on a different day randomly. I know, because it's like, it's kind of like after Christmas, you get depressed because you're like, well, I got all my presents. Yes, and you get so jealous of your Jewish friends because they get to open presents <gasps> every day of the Jeez. week. <laughs> well, it makes me angry. Well, now Celebrity Book Club is becoming a Jewish holiday. and It's you- the Hanukkah <laughs> podcast. podcast. And you will now be getting a VIP lounge on a separate day of the week. And what freaking day is that? I'm talking Friday! TGIF, bitches. You're going to be getting the VIP lounge every Friday. That's right. So it's basically two episodes now a week. Now you're getting two episodes a week to wake up on Friday and be like, fuck yes. I got like a no-holds-barred, like wacky CBC episode. How am I going to get through this Friday commute? I just want to get to my girlies and start pouring the Malbec. Hell yes. Happy Malbec month. It's, <laughs> it's Malbec <laughs> Awareness Month. And yeah, so it's still gonna be us. Yeah, it's still gonna be us. But some- Oh, yeah, but sometimes it'll be insane guests. Like, like this Friday on our very first separate VIP lounge, we will have none other than HBO's John, John Wilson. Wilson. That's right. This guy has a freaking HBO show, huh? Yeah, yeah sorry. You impressed by us? Oh, you're impressed? Yeah, I know guys at HBO. Yeah, I know a lot of people at HBO. 
I know Mr. HBO. Yeah, okay. I clean Mr. HBO's desk. Clarence HBO. Yeah, you did a nice dusting job. Really dusting job. So, yeah, it's just a wicked fun kind of pivot we're doing right now. We're doing a a super fun pivot. pivot. So don't get scared at the end of the episode when it ends and you're subscribing. You're like, where's my VIP? Where's my VIP? Oh, my VIP lounge. Mommy, my favorite podcast doesn't have a... You're a subscriber. Get in the Slack. Come talk to us. We'll be there. We'll be chit-chatting with you. We can, you know, we can gussy up the episode. We can chop it up. Be weird about it. Yeah, mix it up. DJ stuff. And then Um, Friday you'll get a whole new app. Whole new app. So... Stick with us during this changing And if you're, not, if you're not a subscriber, like, really get in the mix because you're going to want to hear that John Wilson episode. <laughs> Shit goes down. The gossip that has been happening on the last few VIP lunges no, has crazy. been insane. And people are just texting us being like, what names are you talking about? Like, what the fuck? I and can't believe And if you text us, that. we will tell you yes. the names that get bleeped out. So that's – here, if you get in the Slack – yeah, you'll know what's going down. And I and again, it's just kind of like it's five bucks a month. Five and bucks a like, month. All that got all the episodes. Like I mean, we're talking all the the restaurant shit with Young Me, all the 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 celebrity uh, plastic Gossip surgery shit Cole. from Cola Cola. All that you'll get access to all those episodes. We're talking immediately. about all the Nantucket waitress drama from you. That was really good drama, and the yeah. podcast conference drama from you. So five bucks a month. Subscribe. Patreon.com slash CBC the Pod. That knocking at the door It's all your friends, you filthy whore Your husband's gone And we've got books And a bottle of wine to kill It's Hollywood It's books It's gossip I'm shook It's memoirs It's martinis It's Studio 54 It's Celebrity Book Club Come read it while it's hot Celebrity Book Club Tell your secrets, we won't talk Celebrity Book Club No boys are allowed Celebrity Book Club Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, Hey, best friend. friend. How the hell are you, fucker? How are you, motherfucker? Um, You look really awesome in your brand new haircut. Yep, here we are again, podcasting, and I just got a haircut, and yeah, we're going to talk about it. Your haircuts are such a a running plot line on this show. In improv, that's what we call a callback. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of a running theme. Um, I went to my non-binary femme haircutress, and... And... She they gave you a she, she they, they cut. <laughs> yeah, like we'll say that. <laughs> I've been rocking kind of a more Morgan Wallen, you know, not full mullet, but you know, just like a little more like biker is a little bit longer, shaggier '90s Cobain. And the cut they gave me is like a little more like rockabilly or just like straight up like lesbian extra in the L word, <laughs> um, which we'll get into because of the book today. And but it's cool because now I can kind of go back to my rockabilly roots. Yeah. I mean, you weren't not rockabilly before, but yeah. I mean, because the thing is, you used to have a pompadour for many, many years, and it was it stayed in place with a combination of aquanet, elbow grease, and a little bit of prayer. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> Pure will, okay? <laughs> no more about my hair, because we read a book by one of our favorite actresses of all time. Of course, we're talking about Pam Greer and, and her, her memoir, ba- Foxy. My Life in Three Acts. Now, Pam Greer... Many of you know her from The L Word, of course, where she plays Jennifer Beals' half-sister. Kit Porter. Kit Porter, soul singer who has fallen on a little bit of hard times because of her hard drinking ways. Um, And then she, of course, opens up a coffee shop slash performance venue slash meeting space called The Planet, which becomes a real locus for the characters of The L Word. Okay, what's... In my mind, I'm just like, yeah, Kit started the planet. 
I fully forgot Marina started the planet. Kit buys the planet from the Count, wow. Marina's husband. Wait, that the is... The Marina Erasure. Wait, we are being insane Marina Erasists right now. <laughs> yes. Marina, character played by Karina Lombard, of course. Uh, yes, of course, is the original owner of the planet in season one. Like, that's what it's all about. And Kit actually is not such a big character in season one. She's kind of like, she's a little bit there, but she's mostly there to be um, as... Pam Grew describes her in this book, Bet's Shattered Rock. <laughs> I know, that was such a beautiful so phrase. So true. And she also she says... she is Bet's Rock, but she's shattered. Shattered at the same time. And she says, look, she said, I didn't have as many lines as the rest of them, mm. but I didn't mind but, because they would give me like full episodes. Well, of course, and she was already um, really sort of versed in the idea that there are, to quote, Konstantin Stanislavski... There are no small roles, roles only, only small, small actors. actors. So it's really about like taking those few lines and really running with them. And she obviously did that on the L word and in every role that she's taken on, including Foxy Brown. Yeah, Pam Grey. Sorry, Queen of the Black Exploitation genre. Foxy Brown, Coffee, and then of course Jackie Brown, Tarantino's Ode, Ode to... to the Black Exploitation uh, films of the seventies and this one in the nineties. Okay, I watched Jackie Brown recently. That movie is so good. I did a medley last night. Last night. Yeah, well, actually, no. So I was doing just like L word rewatches throughout the week, and that's why I was like, oh, right, hello. Okay, Stanislavski over here. No, Ma- not Ma- your Ma- prepared. Actor. So I was like, let's do just an early L word up. And then last night I did an hour of coffee and an hour and a half of Jackie Brown, and then I get sleepy. Okay, wow. You were like be- multiple movie hopping. Yeah, I was movie hopping. I was like, I don't think the directors would appreciate that to know that you weren't doing the film. The <laughs> I'm going to finish both. Dessert. I'm going to okay. finish both. And I've seen, sorry, I've seen Foxy Brown in theaters. Theaters in 1974. <laughs> I was dating this guy at the time, my old man. He picked me up. I said, Yeah, sure, you got a car. Let's go. Movies were a dime. Popcorn was a nickel. <laughs> and he still couldn't pay for it all. So I said, screw you. And I hopped in another guy's gold Cadillac. Leather and fur seats. Fur wheels. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much fur in this book. <laughs> yeah. But then she's anti-fur at some point. Well, she becomes extremely PETA. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not a vegetarian, which I think is chill of her. Yes, she is very health. Yeah, she is very health. Well, of course, after her cancer scare that Chinese she did herbals. Beat, and she like moves, really moves to Colorado full time where she is, of course, from. from. <laughs> that, wow. I mean, the fact that we have, we both didn't know she was literally from Denver. Yeah, that she's a Denver chica. It's, I'm still trying to come to terms with it. And so did I mean, some of the men she dated. Oh, hello. I mean, when she meets John Lennon and he's like, and he's like, all the black oh, cowboys is... in Colorado. <laughs> and and she's like, yeah, there are, sweetheart. And he's like, I want to go there. Take me to Colorado. I want to ride with you. And then he, like, gets so wasted at this club where, like, the Smothers Brothers are. and But, like, no one cares that the Smothers Brothers are performing because John Lennon is there. And he's at this booth with Pam Greer. And they're, like, singing along and being crazy. And then they get thrown out of this club. And then, of course, the celebrity, he sends her a note and, like, flowers. <laughs> that's, like, from the desk of John Lennon, like, typed up on typewriter. Oh, dearest like, Pam Greer, so sorry. 
sorry I embarrassed you. So- sorry I embarrassed you to smits and giggles. And then she gave him like advice about Yoko, and he was like wasted. Wait, they were that being so scene was party actually best beautiful. Friends. No, they were so party best friends immediately. She is so party best friend because like she just met John Lennon, and she's immediately being like, "What you and Yoko had, like that was so special." I have the scene with John Lennon. Okay, so at this club, no one cares about the Smothers Brothers. <laughs> Same here. I don't want, I don't listen to the Smothers Brothers. <laughs> As John continued to knock back drinks, his eyes got a little glassy, his words got slurry, and he began to discuss his separation from Yoko Ono. How do you feel about her now, I asked. I really miss her, he said. I bet you do, I said. Saxon. There's this woman now, and I spend a lot of time traveling, he said wistfully. But what do you really want, I asked him. You were so involved with Yoko, and the two of you built something special together. Are you ready to throw it all away? People trade in their mates like cars. I'd love to have what you have with Yoko, but I don't. You will, he said. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, then, and then she goes, maybe and maybe not, I answered. I don't know. I think I have to learn a lot more about people. I feel like I'm on the outside watching. And then he goes, I have to think about what you just said. It's kind of beautiful. It's, wow. At that point. Oh, wait, point, this is actually insane spirit. Sorry, not yeah. to bring it back to me. But this weekend I was at the movie theater seeing a film okay. with a lover. And we were movie theaters. <laughs> sort of being like, you know, affectionate on the escalator. And this guy behind us, British guy behind the mask he was just like can I just say like what you have is beautiful <laughs> okay, and my, okay. no no this so actually Jonathan. happened and then, and then he was just like and my lover died in 2006 and what and I'm just jealous of what you guys have and I always see that and then not in a weird way I have three daughters and we go to the theatres now and it's lovely but what you have is really lovely we see pictures wait, so it was like this grieving husband but I was like oh six girl get back on the saddle <laughs> yeah it's been 15 well, years how old was he he was like, I don't know, 52, attractive man. I was very just like, you like can really, you'll be fine. Oh, it's hard out there. I know. And I should have had the full Yoko combo with him, but I did. Yeah, you should like, you should have been like, listen, baby, you're sexy as all hell. You know that silver hair? I don't kiss and tell, but I can tell you're huge. <laughs> okay. okay. okay wait. So let's talk about some of her relationships. So she grows up, she's an army brat army brat like obviously very segregated at the time and very racist army i mean i'm sure it still is very yeah, much today but it's like whatever they were like still had to like stay with her grandmother like in the fort in denver and then like went to england and went back but like she had this full like western childhood where she was always like bailing hay and like riding horses the and, grandparents like, lived in wyoming and they were always going okay the corn on the cobs used use, as toilet yeah, paper i was like Damn! But it was husk, corn husks. Because I first read that as cob. I read it as you're wiping your ass with a cob. Wait, that makes so much more sense because I read it as eaten cob. Right, (laughs) you're getting all this corn up in your ass. That is exfoliating. (laughs) Also, yeah, corn in the ass. (laughs) Cut out the (laughs) middleman. Am I right? (laughs) Hello, (laughs) Stephen. Stop with the bathroom humor. <laughs> right, but husks, which you take off if one is to. I know this bitch said cop, and it's just like, why no, did she, she say cop? She did say cop, because I'm only saying this now because you saying that aloud, I'm like, it can't be true. You don't wipe your ass with a cob. I mean, I guess the only thing I could think about it is that it is the shape of it is kind of like. Dildo esque? Dildo Well, not that you would put it. Oh, actually. 
You uh, put it all the way up and oh, comes back out. That's it's like crazy. A, it's like a douche. No, no that's okay. crazy. No, and I just I thought of it more sliding it back and forth with the crack in all the little crevices of where the kernels so were. More frottage. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yes, it's ass like frottage hin- with a cob. at <laughs> Okay, that can't okay. be true. It must be husks. Yeah, I think it's husks. Anyway, yeah, her childhood was like country, but, but not that in like... was the grandparents because she did grow up on base, on post, as we say, in Army Wives. Right. Like all, in Colorado a lot of the time. Yes. And her grandmother and her were really close until she like revealed to her grandfather that her grandmother like drinks beer. Was and like, then yeah, was was an alky. And, and then, then the grandmother was so mean. Was so mean to her because then she was like, well, I don't trust you anymore because you're like a narc. And then also it's like every memoir about an no, actress. I mean, I, no, it was like by page four. It was like, like, I, I know it's coming. Rape, and it, and I know like, it's coming. Mama was was working full time as a nurse then. She's like, so I was playing with my cousins and we love to play I, like I soccer. Like, and you're like, here, here we go. And I'm already, and it's yeah. always the same. It's always the bedroom in the middle of the day and the parents aren't home. And then that electrician came over. And he like pulls the boys off of her and they're like gang raping her. Yeah. It kind of, it was like, kind of reminded me of the DMX story in reverse a little bit. Yes. Although he was not really traumatized. He was like, yeah, that was cool. So that happens at six, and then she goes to a party at, like, 16, and she be- she also, after her six-year-old rape, develops a stutter, and they call her Shy Pammy. It's so sad. And it's so sad. But then the only thing that makes her not shy is riding a horse. horse. Which I wanted to bring up, because remember how my sister did that program called, like, Horse Power? Horse therapy is, like, a real thing. Uh, yeah, you're already defensive of horse <laughs> therapy. <laughs> Didn't say it wasn't I real. I know, I'm not being defensive. <laughs> I guess I'm just like, it's out there. It's not, like, if you are in PSA, if you're in trouble, find your nearest barn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, horse therapy helps developmental disabilities, um, trauma, etc. The way Pam describes it, I mean, she's just like, the beauty, the majesty of the animals, like, this is an animal that wants to be understood. Yes, they want to power, communicate. so gentle. One time she's filming in Italy, and it's like a Roman war movie, and they give her this horse, which reminded me of the scene in my favorite movie, Ante, Ante Mame. Ante Mame. Ante Mame, and his name is Donatello, and he's a black stallion. Yeah. And she's like wild and untamed. And she's like, um, I can't train this horse in this time. And they're like, You have to. This is the horse. And so she like there also works. like is no horse trainers, and it's just up to Pam, who happens to be a <laughs> yeah. horse girl, to just like really like teach this horse and bond with the horse and like get the horse to respond to her commands. And then he doesn't respond, and the, there is one animal handler, and he's like, "You aren't speaking Italian to her." Yeah. <laughs> to Donatello, and then she like starts speaking Italian. She's like, "Well, Donatello still isn't listening." So finally, she's like, "Me and Donatello bonded, and it becomes the scene time." And she's in just like this tiny little like leopard print. She's in just halter. like yeah, the most insane like Princess Leia like leopard halter gladiator sandals like nothing else. <laughs> and some handler doesn't you know realize. One of the crew comes the crew, up. And, and he just slaps the back of the horse's with ass. With a towel. Like doing the like locker room towel slap on the horse's ass. And of course, the horse bucks and runs. Takes There's like another fleet of horses that start running with, with the Pam. horse. And she told the crew, she was like, this is what will happen. And she's like, well, they got what they wanted. Like a black woman with an afro in a leopard halter 
speeding with like ten horses. <laughs> was it just like, <laughs> and they're like going through like cavalry. so many film sets, like other films, and then they end up on Federico Fellini's set, and like finally the horse bucks, and since she's like an insane jujitsu master, she knows how to tuck and roll and falls oh, off. That was so insane. She flies off this stallion, <laughs> tucks and rolls, and like wakes up, and there's Fellini standing over her, and he's like, "Let's do lunch." <laughs> And then they have quail. I know he's like. So we sat for an alfresco lunch with some quail, and he's like, "You have to be in my movies." Oh no! Wait, sorry, no, it's squab. Squab. <laughs> wait, that was the best part. That it was squab. He wanted to teach her how to make like a milanese oh, or whatever, like, and he was you... like, "We don't have any chicken. We must do it with no, squab." No, no, he wanted her to teach her how to make like American fried chicken. Oh, and, like, okay, it was like a cross-cultural and, like, cooking and class. He t- makes her Italian. Right. She was like, I'm going to teach you red sauce. You teach me fried chicken. And she was <laughs> like, well, all we have is squab. So we're doing fried squab. I mean, which is also, again, like, so bespoke restaurant now being so like, we're playing on the southern fried chicken by doing, yes. um, we're doing a pop-up fried yeah. squab tonight. And it's, it's called like Peepaw's fried, fried <laughs> squab. <laughs> We're pouring some glue-glue tonight with yeah. the fried squab. It's so, it's so 33. <laughs> That's so insane Italian. It's like three film sets have just been busted through. Fellini's literally directing, and then all of a sudden they're just like, let's take a three-hour lunch yeah. to fry squab. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how a movie should be made. It's what's different from like the Janice Dickinson 70s kind of film memoir of this. I would say like she's much more, I mean, she literally is like very Buddhist informed. The Buddhists are everywhere. Like there are these kind of crazy stories, but she's definitely more introspective and less like tea spilling, even though she is being like, yes, it was big sometimes, you know. There is this thing when you're reading this, these books from this time from like 70s, wherever you're like, I don't know, it does seem like it was a little easy to become famous. Cause like, oh, jealous? You, <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, you get to LA and she was like, she was like, so one of the jobs I had was like, I was a backup singer for Bobby Womack. Oh, I know. And, and then, it's so, who was that? She was an awesome, cool DJ and record okay, store yes, receptionist. Yes. No, I was like, I okay, so she's the coolest chick ever. I was dying at that. She was like, ugh, so I was working, she was complaining, like I was working three jobs and then she was like, so I was DJing like funky par- private parties at that point. She was like, so I was spinning Bobby Womack, Average White Band, Stevie Wonder. Like, and and it's then like, she was like singing in Stevie Wonder's backup band and then people are being like, you should be in movies. And, and she's, she's just like, like what? Me? Me, an actress? <laughs> I've never done that before. But I went into the audition I read once and they said, we're flying you to the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, the Philippines? She was like, well, damn, I do love to travel. Like, let's do this. <laughs> Celebrity Book Club. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk. 
get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find NBook, a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Just a little bit of housekeeping. (laughs) What's the housekeeping, Stephen? We have two shows coming up in California. Our LA show is sold out, but there are still tickets left for San Francisco April 30th on Saturday. It's a Saturday night in the San Francisco at Cafe Duna. So get those tickets right now before they uh, disappear. And honestly, if. Make a night of it. I mean, we're going up to San Francisco for the weekend. Maybe you can go up, too, if you're in L.A. and you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't get tickets. Yeah, get follow us, man, like the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Okay, so she starts dating this basketball player in L.A., who she's called Lou. And then she, there's this, and then she's talking about him. And then there's this reveal. She was Where like, she's like, he's seven feet tall. And then she was like, and then she goes, she was like, it was around this time he asked me to start calling him Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, and you're, you're like, like oh, okay, here we go. Okay, so first of all, about dick size, she goes, well, first of all, she's talking about him. She's like, no, let me tell you what it's like to have a sexual relationship with an athlete. Their bodies are amazingly strong. Their body temperatures are hotter than the average man's. And their scent is refreshingly clean from working out. While most men take a shower in the morning and maybe another before day in the evening, maybe not, in parentheses, an athlete takes many showers during the day. I was just feeling athletes run hotter and shower more frequently. I died at this. It's actually very Rosa Blasi. Like, no, advice. just be like, here's the deal with athletes. Like, I mean, that does make sense because, like, man, your normal man just waking up, taking this morning shower when it's like, but you're dirtier throughout the day. And you have so much scent, but then he's wearing a lot of patchouli because he cares about his appearance inside and out. Then she goes, we had a romantic sex life. There are things people want to know, but I've never been one to kiss and tell. Let's just say that whatever you're imagining, he measures well beyond that. So he's absolutely, I mean, he's seven foot If he's foot seven two. feet tall, what do you think his dick is? And, of course. And then she's and just then like, whatever you're thinking, it's bigger. Bigger, <laughs> bigger than the seven feet this tall man. This thing is man. a log on another log. It must be like. Logged all the way up. Twelve. Yeah. Inches. I think it's 12, and I think it's thick. It probably has... I mean, when a dick is that long, there has to be a curve. You know, it doesn't... It's not just going to say straight, 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 well, straight, Well, and straight. it explains why she stays with him for so long when she oh, no. knows the, the she won't thing, marry him. It's so, like you are okay. dick-matized. So he converts to Islam, 
And there's a good like 20 pages where she just is dragging Islam and she's just being like, I'm no, no, (laughs) no. She's like, so let me get this straight. I'm supposed to walk behind you. I can't hang out in the same room as you. When your boys are over. But I still have to come bring you food and then leave. So like his boys are over and she like brings them all sandwiches and he's like, "Okay, go to your room. And she's like, bitch. He's like, and how long am I supposed to sit in the room? And he's like, whatever. I decide. And she's like, I'm going for a drive. Because <laughs> it's so 70s. You're just like, mm, it's time to drive. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Gas prices. <laughs> Am I right? Hello. Thank you, Putin. <laughs> um, I'd be better off skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, Pam Greer does too. She lo- again, Colorado stuff. Yeah. And another people, when she shattered stereotypes and people were like, a black person skiing? A black woman skiing. I mean, still to this day. Yeah. And they were like, a, a black bush? person camping? Yeah. And she was like, yes, I camp. Yes, I ski. Yes, I do martial arts. Yes, I ride horses. Mic yeah. drop. Yeah. Literal mic drop. But what I won't do? <laughs> Islam. Islam. <laughs> <laughs> so she takes this drive and then one of her his boys tells on her and he's like, I saw your girl like wearing a crop top at the beach. <laughs> Talking to other men. Yeah. And he's like, you actually have to be fully covered. And she's like, wait, at the beach? I can't. Because <laughs> no. this was before, like, Nike had invented, like, the burkini or whatever. So it's like, <laughs> she didn't have that option. Well, and she even was like, well, I heard there's, like, really progressive, like, Muslim women in Jordan. But, like, he, like, wasn't reading that far. He was, like, just getting in to his studies. Right. He hadn't, like, gotten to the chapter on, like, progressive Muslims. Well, this is insane because he gives her basically, like, all these, like, how to convert to Islam for dummies books and right. he's always being like do you have your book do you have your book and she's like in the Philippines like shooting all these black exploitation films and he's like um did you read the book yeah and it's like did you finish like you- how to be Muslim for dummies and she's like girl I'm shooting a movie yeah like, like sorry I'll get to it I'm thinking about it right I'm filming a famous Roger Corman film famous B movie director of the 70s um and then it all so it's like and she knows she and he keeps on being like I need to know so I can marry you and Wait. when he's trying to convince her at that one point he's like girl be fun like we'll go to Mecca together oh, and yeah. he's like we can be like moderate boots in Mecca and have and you can have like other wife friends no no this is he he keeps on going no here's the thing you can say yes or no of my other wives that I pick and oh, yeah. he's like you get final call and she's like yeah but there's still gonna be other wives and he's like yeah, he's but like, again, you get to pick. Right. <laughs> he's like, I don't see. He's like, this is a win-win. She's like, I don't know, babe. Not for me. And then uh, finally they have like this horrible weekend. In Wisconsin because he's then playing for Milwaukee um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. Go Bucks. Do you remember the part where she describes Milwaukee as beautiful? Yes. beautiful? She was like, I stepped off the plane in Milwaukee and it was absolutely Gorgeous. The summer thunderstorms <laughs> were I w- stunning. I will say this. Okay, as someone of having been to Wisconsin, I experience. I've, someone who's been to Wisconsin once, not Milwaukee, but the sky there—it really does feel bigger. Like I felt, I okay, was like, yeah. I was like, and I did see a storm, and it's—it just covers you. Okay, so anyway, she's in Milwaukee That's and they beautiful. get in this big fight during a magnificent <laughs> rainstorm and he's still pushing her to convert. Um, and then, and at this point she'd already had the like Paisley scarf thing where she was driving trying to do a head wrap. <laughs> oh yeah, with like a funky scarf. And the scarf. like scarf like fell down over her eyes and she like almost crashed and she was just like, am I going to do this? Not for me, yeah. yeah. It's also a little bit just like, well, you could probably like figure out how to tie the scarf. I think she was being was a, a little, little bit like spirit is present about it. Yeah, she's a very spiritual and 
It's just obviously the sex was very good because yeah. the whole time she knew she was never going to convert, but she kept on reading the book because an actor prepares and she carries around the book. Yeah. An actor prepares with her wherever she goes. So then here's what the insane part was, though. So then they kind of stopped dating. And then like a couple months later, she gets this phone call from him. It's on her birthday. By the way, she's kittens are crawling all over her. She's like, our house cat just had kittens. So kittens are crawling all over me. I'm laughing, having a celebratory drink. She doesn't drink. She's having like one champagne cocktail covered in kittens. And she was like, you know, I was expecting a phone call from him because sometimes we all expect that phone call on the uh, birthday. That, yeah. that we, you know, that, that obligatory guy. text, right? And he calls and she's like, oh yeah, it's my birthday. And he goes, so like, do you want to marry me? I kind of need to know now. And she's like... Huh, so no, you're kind so of really... still doing this. And he's like, so here's the thing. I'm actually going to be getting married at to a two. different woman at two. I was like, two? two? Two, so it's early. And he's like, but I won't if you don't want me to and you want to marry me. And convert, like, today. And she's just like, this is completely insane. This is, like, the rudest thing ever. And then, like, the mom's on the phone. She's like, you should really marry him, but you're not going to. Are you? you know what? You're not going to do it, and I totally respect that. Then he gets back on the phone and he's like, okay, so if you're not going to marry me, can I have the book back? It's like, get another book. I know. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, and this was like the How to Convert to Islam for Dummies book. And this was at the height of his fame, too. It's like, you can find another copy, babe. That was really stunning. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. No, I know. I was like, don't queer exchange the book. And then what? And it's like, also, it's the 70s. So she's like getting back in her GMC truck, driving to the post office. Right. Who knows what? was going at the post office those days. Oh, my God. So the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar thing, I would say this... Anyway, he carried, yeah. He carried. So, But this, Which like, goes for, like, a long line of just... she was She's never been married, only, like, engaged, and is always almost there. So she dated famed comedian Freddie Prinz. Who I did not realize shot himself. Yeah. Quite sad. You know, as you see Freddie Prinz Jr., she's, she's all that. You're I like, oh. I didn't realize that he was, like, the product of such tragedy. And their dates, Pam and Freddie Prince's date sounded like, so you're dating a comedian? Where, like, she was like, it was so funny. He would always do, like, British accents and then, like, pretend we're all, like, captains on a boat. And I was like, okay, improv. this is my improv class. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she dates him and, and Richard Pryor, and they both are, like, doing a lot of coke. And I'm kind of just, like, the way that, and, like, he was like, of course he was a hotshot comedian, so every night was drugs, sex, women, alcohol. And I'm just like, the way this is not comedians today no that's the whole thing is that like snl and everything it all used to be like coke and like everyone was overdosing so, and now it's just like the most dealers zero percent beer yeah zero proof boots <laughs> like <laughs> except for like john mulaney's like nerdy ass though i did i guess we got completely blackout at the katherine cohen netflix special party last we week. We did, so. and shout out to my friend Kat, yeah. and that was an incredible party. So but, I, but I feel like that party was very, like, a bunch of comedians, and we were all, like, getting so wasted because it was, like, our first party. No, it was like, very ever. our first. Like, <laughs> the cast, cat, like, energy yeah, cast party. It was, like, very, very cast party. It was not just, like, a bunch of Richard Pryors who are, like, doing coke off their coke nail, like, every night. So the big, like, thing that when this book came out that people talked about is... Pam Greer, when she's dating Richard Pryor, goes to the gynecologist. He's like, do you do cocaine? She's like, no. And he's like, well, there's cocaine like in your vagina. And <laughs> and he's like, do you think that does Richard Pryor like put coke on his dick before he fucks you? 
yeah, was she doing a hum and coke or something? And then, and then, and then he was like, "Well, when he was like, this is going to be a very private question, but when you give him oral sex, do your teeth feel numb?" And then she was like, "That motherfucker." <laughs> Though I will say, actually, it's like all of her characters, like Foxy Brown and Coffee, is so just like motherfucker of this, motherfucker of that. But she's not so motherfucker of this, motherfucker of that. You're talking about she's not so crude with her language? Yeah, like she's not like swearing so much as her. Yeah, no, it's cool that she doesn't swear too much. <laughs> I, mean, I agree, I'm yeah. I'm so swearing. No, I think it's I'm... awesome that she can still be a role model for young women. <laughs> I'm just saying she is very different from her iconic 70s yeah, those were roles. Characters. Yeah. I think that she is like very much like Kit Porter in a lot of ways, though. And I think yes. what's interesting about Besides all her the... roles is like that I really get in this book is that vulnerability and that fragility and and like, you know, her like being a horse girl and like having this like very wild, interesting childhood where she like moved to England and moved all around and was an army brat and like was abused, but was also like always in these like really like, you know, multicultural neighborhoods and like learning how to make Polish kilbasa no, while, while horseback riding. And but it's like, like going to the Middle but then Eastern going, markets. And then like being on an ocean line. It's like she had a very, you know, diverse, involved childhood. And it's like, I feel like that that maybe contributes to this like but there's this real like softness to her I would say extreme that's what I'm saying she's very sensitive and I, this whole, like she's and very I, introspective and I really see that in her Jackie Brown character I feel like it's oh, so yeah. there because like that, that character is very like nervous and serious and, and like, like quiet and quiet like um, in the scene in her like first scene in Jackie Brown when they're like the police are like questioning her and she's not saying anything like it's like coffee which I watch it's basically like she plays this woman who's a nurse who's like secretly killing drug dealers because she's out for revenge because her like 12 year old sister is like a heroin addict um, and and she's not being so soft and vulnerable and like she is being like I mean she is being like huge machine gun like motherfucker you're dead but then like when she's like out of her gun space she is very like quiet nurse being so like isn't it a shame like I can't believe like my you know sister's addiction to drugs um, and she also just had some like and she brings the gravitas. Yes, she's bringing major gravitas. And then her flight attendant, her Jackie Brown character is so like, it's not this usual, like, I'm just trafficking drugs and I'm like hard. It's, she's very, it's like shy. Yeah. And, I, and that is the, also with Kit. It's like, she also is like sassy in the singer, but is like shy and broken and like. Bet is much more of the like rageaholic, like yeah. insane power lesbian, and Kid is always like, you need to like calm down and like think about Tina and like you're being crazy and like Focus too much of a toxic family. lesbian pimp. Yeah, and she's right. I mean, even her singing voice has a softness and a fragility to it. Transformation, alleviation. I know. I was I was looking up her. Songs, because for, like, her earlier movies, someone wanted to record an album, and that didn't, like, pop off. Um, yeah, she was like, we did record a couple tracks, but, like, maybe it wasn't my thing. But, I, I mean, she does not have a powerful voice. No, it's, like, a soft, it's a little, like, mm, mm, mm. A little smoky. Yeah. She does have, I will say, it's her more voice. more of a club singer voice. She And she has, if her speaking voice, too, has a sort of a soft, honey-like quality to it, mixed with a huskiness. Like an almost Demi more mm. like there's a depth there as well that I think all really great actresses have like a voice that has like 
you know, some, yes, it's smoky, but to it. yeah, 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 shy, and that might go to her Western sensibility. You know, the silent cowboy. Yes. Okay. Yes. That masculinity. Right. That's, you know, we think of the land. The right. times that she's always mentioning Colorado well water. Oh, and how fucking good it is. Yeah, she's like, thank God I was back to my clean <laughs> Col- Colorado, Colorado well water. I've, I mean, never been to Colorado, and I would die to try their water. You know. Sure, it's different yeah, these days. I feel like probably a lot of people don't have well water. You know, you're living in Colorado Springs. You're living in greater Denver. It's like. No, with all these new houses and yeah. the building. It's a totally different okay, Colorado. Can I say something about her being a great role model for young women who doesn't swear? <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, on the literally the same section that she's talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's dick, how it's bigger than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> she goes. I want to be clear here that I appreciate good sex as much as the next person. But in my opinion, women are not valuing or appreciating sex enough. When girls start having lots of sex at young ages, they wear their vaginas out. Literally. (laughs) What do you expect if you have intercourse four or five times a week with different partners starting when you're 15 years old? By the time you grow up and meet a great guy, you're all stretched out. Wow. Wow. And it's like, but this guy had a massive Yeah, dick. I mean, I feel like it's like, well, I mean, if you're only having sex with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by the time you're 15, you know, from 15 on, yeah, maybe you will be stretched out. But if you have maybe more of a variety of size. I mean, let's say to our readers, I don't know if this is true. I mean, I do think that, like, ultimately, the body loses elasticity over time. But I don't think that it loses elasticity from use. No, I know. That was just like such a weird thing like, for I'm her sure to say. Like I'm sure a six-year-old vagina is not as tight as a 22-year-old fussy. But same thing with an asshole. I mean, pilot of the L word. Right. When Alice is going in for doing the article on vaginal rejuvenation. But I think that's just normal time yeah, as it's not to like Or having use. children, I've heard. I have not bore any. But then I'm like, I wonder about gay guys who are so ran through as the phrase is. You're always saying being like, oh, I don't want to like get into fisting because like I don't want my asshole to like get huge. Well, it's not just that I want to get huge. It's that I don't want to, as I've explained in this pod, that I don't want to become so desensitized Mm, to more traditional forms of sex that I just have to get fisted with just like the most insane, just like spiked glove. I feel like Pam has done anal? That's what do a you no think? for me, dog. You think no? Okay. Straight up more just... I don't know. Maybe the 70s. I mean, she's dating all these men who were like, they probably wanted to try some funky stuff. Yeah, and I feel like she was like, look, when you're making love with a man... But she and... also likes that Kareem Abdul... Jabbar showers like 18 times a day, which makes me think Being that she's so just like, it's, it's gross just... to eat a man's booty. And like, I'm not doing <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> well, especially if you're not wiping with corn cobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we should let's get to some things about the L word. Okay. Um, one so fabulous, which I didn't know the role written for her. Right. So it was not originally the straight sister of Kit. It yeah. was a but a leather butch that blew my mind. So the head of Showtime calls her and he's like, "You're having dinner with me," and she's just getting like over cancer, um, and she's like, "Oh fuck, I forgot, I'm having dinner with you." And he was like, "Yeah, here's the thing, you're having dinner with me, and you have a role. Like, we're doing a new series about lesbians and women in Los Angeles." 
And she goes, I would be playing the part of Kit, a straight woman with a tarnished past. They had written her character as a leather butch documentarian whose body was covered in tattoos depicting various love entanglements. When the series was finally picked up, they changed Kit's character to a straight, sexually curious, and non-judgmental recovering alcoholic. So Kit was literally supposed to be a mix between... Um, Dylan, Helena's lover, right? In, in season four, and she's also supposed to be like this crazy biker butch. butch. Okay, and then who the, has the chart? She has, tattooed on the back. But this is the most insane part. It's like an it's like a Buddhist tribal version of the chart. Yeah. So there is like they do it on. Is that her? That's they did a full te- a three hour temporary tattoo on. Pam Greer's back that there's a photo of we'll in the book. We'll be posting this. And it's like Kit and then like Deb, Tina, Kathy, Georgia, Shane is a node. But it's like this insane tribal design. It's also like an owl and like... And it fully <laughs> takes up her entire back. This is so insane that Kit was originally this like... Leather tribal butch leather documentary butch filmmaker. Documentary filmmaker with a tribal chart on her entire back. If our Patreon... Yeah. If our Patreon gets to twenty thousand uh, dollars, I'll get that tattoo on my back. I will get that tattoo on my back. We both will. <laughs> okay, so done. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> um, also, she truly says the reason she wrote this book is because none other than author. Jennifer Schechter. Schechter. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, Jenny Schechter, inventor of books. She was like, I got the idea from my friend, fictional character Jenny Schechter, who was always writing books on the L word. <laughs> and she's like, oh, and she talks about it's so beautiful. And you can tell. And it's like, come uh, for all... the L word as much as you want. Because it's like, out of date. Um, but it's like she talks about like how much of like an insane family they were. Yeah. And you can tell that on screen. You know, I agree. But I also had this thing reading. I do feel like when the, this book came out in 2010, and I think by that time, like probably half the people who even know Pam Greer know her from The L Word because like yes. that show is so popular. And like she knows how popular the show is. And like that was like a big reason probably why she got the book deal and everything. So it's like I do feel like she basically only said really positive things about the show like somewhat briefly at the end. It was kind of like I mean that the character thing was like a huge shocker. But I was like there wasn't so much. It was very like we're all best friends and we all love each other. I kind of think it was like that except for Jenny. I feel like there was some drama with Jenny and everyone else I got along so much. There was drama with Mia Kirshner's character because Mia Kirshner's insane. Yeah. She was like, I'd be, I just feel like they were being so like lesbian family and being like, I was always checking in on like, no, I know. And they were all watching each other's dogs when they were away from each other. And she was like, Laurel Holloman's mom was also a nurse and just like Alice's mom was a nurse. And like, I encouraged like Alice's music career of like, uh uh-huh, her. Uh Uh-huh, her. Well, wait, her first band was called The Murmurs. Murmurs. And then she started uh uh-huh, her, which is just the name of a PJ Harvey album. Right. So you think there was like more tea? Well, she does talk. She obviously is, like, so grateful for her Jackie Brown role, which is really what I think revived her. Because then I feel like the reason why she was picked for the L is because she did some random Showtime show called, like, Lynx. Yeah. Which I was like, what? Which I've never heard of no. this. That's so Showtime. It's so, like, Arliss. It's like, what's the show that no like one's it. seen? And it's like about, and it's always, like, about a office. It's, like, some sort of, like, sexy office. Yeah, because Showtime is always getting a little bit sexier, and that's why we love him, you yeah. know? And... I mean, my fucking question for Eileen Shaken yeah. is why did they kill off Kit for Gen Q? Kit's dead? Yeah, it's so fucked up because so throughout all of Elward, if you've, I'm 
sure you've seen if you're listening to this show. It's like she's a recovering alcoholic and is like sober for the whole show except for like one relapse. And then Bet basically says like she died off being like addicted to prescription pills because the whole storyline Gen right. Q is about I mean, her like fighting the opioid that crisis. was so annoying and just cheap of Gen Q and so it was... cheap I mean Gen Q is the cheapest show yeah made ever it's very Sex in the City being like and then Stanford went to Japan bye bye and it's like I, I don't know if they offered it to Kit and she said I mean to Pam and she Maybe said she no was just like, honestly no I'm in Colorado I'm riding horses right with my horses it's possible I guess I would just like answers I do think that she is Obviously, she likes dick, and she was dicked by Kareem. I do feel like she like is she a little biased. Is Kit Porter in that way, yes. where just like if the right Butch, Ivan came along, yes, trans mask, and and she would just be like, "Let's make it work." Right, just being like, I don't care about I don't the body parts. You know, yeah. we they're they're toys as big bigger than Kareem. You right. know, yeah, exactly. No, at the end. Thank you for saying. It, at the end of this book, I was like, and I was because I was like, it's a lot of you being alone with horses, babe. No, and she's always like, you know, and it's okay that I never married because I have lovers and I've fallen in love and I've had all these experiences. And she's like, and there's so many children to be loved. I didn't like need my own and like life is a journey. And she gets very introspective and like isn't like mad that some things didn't happen for her, like marriage and kids. Mm. And I'm just like. I feel like the reason maybe like she chose some men that she knew were unavailable, mm. Richard Pryor, Kareem, Freddie yes, Prinze, yes, yes, this yes, guy, yes. this like white guy who's like, oh, like Lance, or Lance, whatever. who she gives an out. She's like, am I a fetish for you? And he's like, no. And then three years later, he's like, I'm actually not going to invite you on a yacht trip because like. And he he literally was with me. He was like, you're just like not that. He's like, you're not so country club. I was he like, was that's like, a line from Gen Q. I know. <laughs> And she was just like, well, I told you that I wasn't so country club in marriage. And right. he's being like, but you need to be more like Lily Pulitzer marriage boots. And she's like, boots. Yeah, I think that um, she should be so Demi Moore and just like start dating her like longtime hairstylist. <laughs> right. Me. With my hair. You, basically. <laughs> and at the end, she was like, ooh, the, and wait, 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 the part. Hold on. I need to get that. When she describes what being a switch is. Oh, and she was like, oh, and like some some women are dominant like a man and then they can be turn around and be submissive in their next relationship. She's like, I learned so much about the lesbian community <laughs> in my research. When you're verse. Segment motherfucker. What does, what does she, she wear? Eat? What does she eat? How does she live? All right, what does she eat? She she's a foodie. She is a total foodie. Like she is foodissima, and like because the way that she describes food, like she really has like a knowledge and right. a hankering the, and a respect. Know, well, because she grew up gardening, so yeah. she's like fresh leeks, fresh parsley. Our white and black neighbors traded vegetables, freshly caught fish, and venison to help each other out. As a result, we always had fresh lettuce with Italian dressing and ripe, pungent tomatoes that were blood red on the inside. We grew our own onions, scallions, radishes, and carrots. And on the far side of my grandparents' house was a big strawberry patch. In the middle of the patch was a tree that bore golden freestone peaches with little clefts in the sides that turned orange when the peaches were ripe. Beside the peach tree was a prolific black walnut tree and cherry tree full of dark red bing cherries that weighed the branches down when they were ready for picking. 
It's oh. like, she knows her food. Did you see that part where she also was talking about how they always had, like, venison spaghetti? I feel like they were doing a venison bolognese. We, they would catch chicken, wring its neck, and lay it across the stump, chop off its head with a gu- guillotine, and drain the blood. Not the guillotine. I know, I wonder if she's doing that Italian pasta that I always want to have that has um, yolks um, that you can only get from, like, a pregnant chicken. <laughs> it's, like, egg yolks that are, like, taken out of the eggs that are, like, haven't even been, like... Oh, formed up. into chickens? They're pre-laid? Just like haven't even been pre-laid, yeah. Not that you would, oh, of course you would want this like <laughs> pre-laid. You're like, I want the pre-laid egg, Carbonara. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> do it order just, me the pre-laid egg. It, it just has a really unctuous, super, R- super mommy. rich, super mommy <laughs> flavor. She is sober. <laughs> right. As we said, she doesn't swear. Doesn't swear. She thinks that your vagina can get worn out uh, at an early age if you have too much sex. And she's Which is it. She's like, yeah, your vagina can get worn out. But it's like her vagina gets like so full of coke. That's, I guess, more of a thing that can happen less your vagina getting worn out. Um, okay. How does she... Or wait, what does she, she wear? So, I mean, she's like stylish, but is also like I had one pair of go-go boots and like was seventies, and then all of a sudden, at the end, she really bonds with the Elbert costume designer yeah. and is like, she turned me on to beautiful designers. Balenciaga, so Escada, Gucci, Chanel. <laughs> so I think she's kind of rich celebrity style in the kind of a Sharon Stone way. I think she's big, crisp white button down and like an. Awesome, like Armani leather jacket or something. Yeah, because like she's that. still doing like Western kind of inspired looks. Yes, when she's like on the range in Colorado, I think she's wearing like the like some more like bespoke, probably like Colorado flares mm-hmm. and like beaded. Kind of more Native American jackets. Yeah, and, she, and she, she's getting some, like, Native American-inspired, like, knitwear around the house. But then, absolutely, she is going to just, like, like drask and flagon, like, in Denver and getting, like, a weird $285 Well, because she loves jeans. to ski, so I think she's getting some, like, funky Aspen. At the boutique in Aspen. Aspen. She's picking up a few things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, it's so good to feel that crisp Aspen air. Okay, how does she live... Buddha. 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 Buddha statues. Buddha. I think it's... Um, Farm sink. I th- again, I think it is a little bit Pendleton in yeah. there. Like, I feel like maybe her and Miranda Lambert, like their homes are not... I don't know if it's so, like, it's kitschy, so, kitschy theme boots. No, it's not like Tito's and, like... But I think there's, like, gorgeous native blankets, Buddhas. Oh, wait, what amazing art does she have, like, framed... From, like, a producer, I feel like she has something framed that someone gave to her. That's all cool. She's really got one nothing. thing framed, but yeah. It, no, no, but I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely It's I a little that. more just like Quentin you. won this in an auction, he sent it to me, right? Quentin, Quentin, <laughs> <laughs> who sounds like a total actor's director. Oh, that was the thing that she was like, she was I mean, like, people I love always Qu- say they love working with him. I love Quentin, but then she was like, I will say though, I don't think he totally understands where women are come are come from because in one scene I cried and he wanted me to redo it the scene without me crying. And it's kind of like I think that was just maybe him like getting options. Because I also feel it's so funny she said that as we were reading because I was chatting with a friend of the pod Arabella today and we were talking about Jackie Brown and how much she likes it and she was just like Tarantino just gets women. And she said that totally unprovoked. That's such an Arabella thing to say. <laughs> <It's>, 
I know you're listening out there. <laughs> and I was like... Straight girl stuff. To yeah. just be like, if there's one person who gets women... It's Quentin Tarantino. It's Tarantino. <laughs> um, who are you in the book? Okay, am I her... When she's in the Philippines shooting one of those movies... And there's, like, a friend that she's, like... And I made friends with this really awesome local guy who, like, showed me where to, like, buy wares from the local women. Okay, I thought... And I just got a gay vibe. Yeah, that... Or my I... Alan Cumming. Yeah, your Alan Cumming. Um, who was so fun to work with on the So, artwork. she's, like, he was just so funny. So professional. Um, and she was, like, the guest stars on The L Word were... As good as the cast. Yeah, and then she just lists all the guest stars. Gloria Steinem. Yeah, I've seen it, babe. Yeah. (laughs) Remember when Emma Goldman said, Said, if there's no dancing at the revolution, I'm not coming? (laughs) Elwood stuff that was insane. She was like, Gloria Steinem plays a woman that Beth's dad used to hook up with, which they don't explain that in the actual episode. To get deep into Elwood stuff. Oh yeah, they Gloria never, Steinem is just chilling there with just, the cast. She's just Gloria Steinem. They never, they never say that she like hooked up with Ozzy Davis's character. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I was also thinking maybe like your her like one of her her like more like out there girlfriend Tamara. Dobson. Oh, Tamara Dobson. Yeah. Oh, who's kind of the more her glamorous international and they're and like all of like Ebony and Jed are always trying to say that they're rivals. And she's like, we were not rivals. We were not. They could print we whatever sh- they want. We shared but... makeup and clothes and lived down the hall from each other in West Hollywood. Right. So like, ooh, seventies West Hollywood. I would love to be Tamara. So Dobson. I think you're more Tamara Dobson, and I guess. Yeah, my Pam Greer and like all the magazines are always trying to say we're such rivals. Um, right, and we live down. The- Wait, I want to live in West I Hollywood in the same building across the hall. That's so fun. And we're tanning. Yes. Um, or my Altovis Davis, wife of Sammy Davis Jr., <laughs> who let women flirt and fuck with her husband, and that was the deal they had. Or my Elizabeth Taylor, who like <laughs> basically she like is like Sammy Davis trying to fuck and Elizabeth Taylor. There's like, here's what we do, darling. You like hide in my jag and I'll drive off and we'll like, you know, distract Sammy Davis. Yeah, you're super supportive of women. And I think that you would <laughs> yes. totally hide someone in your trunk. <laughs> okay. Um, I would give this book like a, you know, f- four out of five go-go boots. Yeah. F- four battered GMC trucks out of five battered GMC trucks because she never really gets a nice car because she's like, I don't need that. Yeah. She's I, a Western I girl. I think she's a really cool chick. And this, I mean, th- this is a very classic celebrity memoir. Yeah. It's, al- it's almost so like true to form. It's like everything happens in it in like the you most normal You get your childhood. Way. You get your abuse. You get the relationships. You get the 70s. You get the I, Hollywood. And Noah might be a little bit bored by that. The reason I'm giving it for is I, I think her personality really comes through and that sweetness and intelligence yes. and vulnerability and strength is all in there just even in the way that she like in her asides and the way she like notices you other don't people and- get the vulnerability a lot like you might get like with the demi or some of the big classics where people like are being vulnerable but i feel like they still have this like wall up and are but kind of being fake yeah and i feel like she has something yeah. that's more raw i mean the demi more is actually more i think the jenny Schechter model of modern memoir that's so confessional and it's like so dramatic and just right. like i was lying on the floor in a pool of my own sweat blood right. and tears high and out of my mind you know i thought i was gonna die you know what i mean like that is a little bit more that She's a little bit more reserved, but in that reservation, you feel the, the authenticity. You get a little bit more. Yeah. Well, well, well. 
Jennifer Schechter. <laughs> we read another book. <laughs> what are we reading next week, Jenny? Um, we're going to be reading a really amazing picture book. <laughs> yes. Um, by none other than Billie Eilish. Eilish. And it's, I think it's called just Billy. Bye. No, it's called Bye. Oh, like, Bye. B-Y. Right. Bye. B-Y. Bye. Bye, Billie Eilish. Bye, Billie. Um, and we'll be joined by the gentle folk from Throwing Fits podcast. Two straight guys. Yeah. Can you believe it? It's going to be a laugh riot. We're going to get into fashion because you yeah. know we're big clothes. We heads love over here. clothes. Okay, well. And uh, stay tuned for the VIP lounge. We're going to be talking with none other than John Wilson. You know him from his HBO show, How To. Yes, we have a straight guy. With an HBO show. Yeah. Oh, okay. my God. Okay. Let me sop up the chair. Yeah. Sorry. Whisper Room is soaked right now. Um, thanks so. so much for another amazing app, guys. Yeah. Best. Best. Celebrity Book Club is presented by this funky club, Prologue Projects. The show is produced by Pimp Benjamin Frisch. With editorial support from Leon Nafog, Andrew Parsons, who's a pusher man, and Madeline Kappen, who's a hooker who can't get unhooked. Our production manager is Persia Verlin, that sexy motherfucker. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horse. I used to see him spin at Studio 54. Or when I would go clubbing with Donna Summer, Bobby Womack, and the rest of the Jackson 5. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. He makes some real groovy stuff. Follow us on Twitter at CBC the Pod, baby. Surprise. Subscribe. <laughs> Sorry, that acid's kicking in. <laughs> Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review and don't forget to tell your friends, lovers, pimps <laughs> about us. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 